Uh, greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Sten Vangaba here, and welcome to this broadcast. Uh, yesterday, I spoke about the power of Jesus' resurrection, and I also promised to make another video in which I would elaborate on the glory of the resurrection. So this is what I'm going to be doing today. So uh, in the last message, I mentioned that Jesus received all power in heaven and on earth, according to Matthew chapter 28, and he also received a name above every other name. I also mentioned that he arose with a flesh and bone body with new properties. For example, his body could go through walls, uh, it could no longer die, and so forth. And today, what I would want to do is to expand on that basically talk more about the glory which he received, especially with regards to his glorified body because it carries great meaning uh, uh, with regards to the glorification of the saints as well. So uh, when we talk about that word glory, it simply means splendor, brilliance, radiance, or a great honor. And uh, the writer of Hebrews, if you read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, tells us that the reason Jesus endured the cross and despised the shame that came with it is because of the joy that was set ahead of him. Now, uh, let's uh, take a look at this glory which Jesus received in line with the glorification of his body. You know, there are many things which he received like, for example, he received a kingdom, he received a bride, which is the church, and so forth. But our main focus today is on the glorification of his body. So uh, John, the revelator, that is uh, the Apostle John, records a very powerful encounter with the resurrected Jesus, which is going to serve our purpose very well. And this encounter is recorded in the book of Revelation chapter 1. So we are going to be looking at a couple of verses uh, from that chapter, Revelation chapter 1, starting from verse 9 uh, up to about um, verse 17. So this is going to be quite short and to the point, so I urge you to stay with me. You are not going to regret it. So uh, let's look at uh, verse 9, and it says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. So John was exiled on the isle of Patmos for preaching the word of God. So he wrote this book, the book of Revelation, in exile. In verse 10, he goes on to say, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and he heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. So John was in the Spirit, meaning he was aware of and could perceive, you know, see, hear, and experience spiritual things just like he would in the natural, right? Because the spiritual world, is as real as the natural world, and even more real 
Why? Because uh, that's the realm of God. You know, the physical came from the spiritual. So you need to understand it from that perspective. So in verse, uh, verse 11, he says, saying, right? So he heard a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches, which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, unto Theatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. So here Jesus says, I am the first and the last, the eternal one. And what he's doing here is he's giving John messages to send to the seven churches in Asia. And those seven churches are also a representation of the entire church. So in verse 12, he says, And I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. So those candlesticks uh, basically represent the seven churches. Uh, this was revealed later uh, in the chapter as you read. And in the midst, this verse 18, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and get about the pups with a golden girdle. So what did he see? He saw one like unto the Son of Man. You know, the Son of Man is a title which Jesus uh, used for himself, isn't it? So he says, like unto. Why? Because this man certainly looked different than the one he walked with on the earth. There was something different about this Jesus. Remember, there was no doubt at all to John who, uh, who this person was. There was no doubt. In fact, he had already introduced himself, saying, I am uh, the first and the last. I am Alpha and Omega. All right. So now John goes on to explain what he looked like. So this is what I would want you to pay uh, uh, particular attention to. Because he goes on to explain what his head looked like, his hair, his eyes, his feet, his voice, his face, and so forth. Because remember, our focus is on the glory, on his glory. So verse 14, he says, his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as what? As snow, right? And his eyes were as a flame of fire. So white head white hair, this exuded purity, divinity, and the glory of the Son of Man. His eyes like a flame of fire. I want you to think about that. His eyes looked like a flame of fire. No human looks like this. Other versions say like burning torches. My God. His eyes looked like burning torches. Look how uh, that prophet from Nazareth now looks like, right? Surely, he is the Son of God. He is the Son of God. Verse 15 says, And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice is the sound of many waters. Now, remember, this is a, what, a spiritual body now. 
far much different from our physical body. Synonymous with uh, angelic bodies, you know. But as for Jesus, you know, we are talking about much, much more glorious than that of what? Of angels. So uh, when we, we talk about his voice, the Bible here is saying his voice was like the sound of many waters, like the voice of the Almighty. You know, if you read in the Old Testament, it says the voice of the Almighty is like the sound of what? Of many waters. Now, I want you to just remember, if you uh, ever heard, for example, the sound of a large river that is bursting its banks, that sound, in, I think you, you can now have an idea of what we are talking about when we say his voice was like the sound of many waters. No human voice is like that. So we are talking here about the glorification of the Son of God. Verse 16, And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his what? In his strength. So the seven stars here represent the messengers that uh, Jesus sent to the what? To the seven churches that the, uh, he sends also to the church. And this word in his mouth represents his word, which is like a sharp two-edged sword. But now I want you to put your focus on his face. The Bible here is saying his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. So in other words, it looked like the sun, which was shining, right, his face, looked like the sun which was shining in its strength like the noonday sun, which you can't look at directly. Try to do it. You can't do it for, for, for a sustained time, for a sustained length of time. You can't do that. The sun will even damage your eyes, isn't it? So his face <laughs> was like the noonday sun. Look at this glory. A man who looked like you and me, now his face is like this. His eyes are like burning torches. His voice like the sound of many waters. This is serious, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious. You know, the Bible talks about God dwelling in light that no man can approach unto. No man. Now you can have an idea when we are talking about this glory that Jesus has. And Jesus also sitting at the right hand of the Father. So, this is the glory of the Son of God that we are talking about. Now, I want you to forget about the images of Jesus that you have. You know, the others who have made these images of Jesus on the cross. Uh, 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 you know, so when you look at them, you, you, uh, you feel pity. You know, you feel sorry for the Son of God. You know, it's something that is past. Jesus is no longer on the cross. He is at the right hand of the Father. He's not looking as the helpless, you know, as you'd want to think when you see those images. Now he's much, much more powerful as the scriptures are saying. Now he carries this glory that we are talking about. This is the picture of the Son of God you must have in your mind is art. 
when you are praying and you are saying, in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, this is the picture you are supposed to have. This is the mighty Son of God that we are talking about. In Jesus' name, amen. So verse 17, my God. And when I saw him, hey, this is now uh, uh, John, this is his, rea uh, his reaction when he, what, when he saw him. So he says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Certainly you would be terrified if you see a sight like this. And he laid his uh, right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. So the only one who fits this description is Jesus, because he's the one who died and arose from the dead and now is alive forevermore. And he is saying, I have the keys of hell and of what? And of death. So uh, he who believes in him will never see hell, will never go to hell, and that person will never die. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whosoever believes in me, even though he die, yet shall he live. Why? Because he has the power to resurrect you from the dead, even as he resurrected from the dead. So what do you become when you believe on him? You become a partaker of eternal life, right? You, you, you become a part of his glorious kingdom and also be a partaker of the glorious resurrection of the saints. So, you know, I can't really end this message without talking about the glorious promise of resurrection to the saints. I want you to go with me to the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 20. I'm about to finish this message, but you need to hear this. Philippians 3, verse 20. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, for our conversation, in other words, our citizenship, is in what? In heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body. Listen to the scriptures here. Paul is saying our vile body, he considers this body to be vile, extremely unpleasant, as much as we love our bodies. This is what Paul's testimony is, because he saw something better. So, who shall change our vile body? that it may be fashioned unto, uh, fashioned like unto his glorious body, this body that we have been talking about, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So this is the promise to you, saying, This is the promise uh, to us. Great glory is coming. When Jesus shall change these natural bodies, these vile bodies, these unpleasant bodies, like unto his glorious body, the one which we have what we have read here. This is the promise. And I can't wait for the coming of this, uh, 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 the Son of God. I can't wait because this glory is waiting 
for us. So, with such a great promise, what should we do? What should you do? I just want to leave this verse with you. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. This is Paul again. And he is saying, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. As much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So, be steadfast, be unmovable, and make sure that you are always abounding in the work of the Lord. Because great glory is coming for you. In Jesus' mighty name. So, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this message. May the Lord bless you abundantly. Maranatha.